0: You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.
1: What is up, everyone? Jose Youngs here with MMAfighting.com, here for the normal Wednesday edition of the A-Side. I know since quarantine started, we've do- been doing this three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but as per usual for the last, I don't know how many years, Wednesday, 1 p.m. p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, we are here. <laughs> Joining me this week, though, is, of course, Pete Carroll, my normal co-host, and I am very excited to say 205 Live, WWE Superstar, Gentleman, Jack Gallagher is joining us. Also undefeated MMA fighter, for those of you who don't know. I know some people were questioning, why do you have another WWE <laughs> restaurant? <laughs> we had Biggie on uh, before SummerSlam, uh, and he mentioned that we should get Jack Gallagher on the show at some point. It took a little while, but he's here. Uh, so, Jack, how's life in, during quarantine time? And as I did mention, undefeated MMA fighter, for those of you, for those of our fans who don't know, tell us a little about your MMA background.
2: Um, to be fair to my un- undefeated record, it is an undefeated amateur record. I've never been undefeated nonetheless sir. to uh, <laughs> formally whoop someone's ass, as it were. Um, no, I've been uh, obviously interested in uh, MMA as a fan still whilst being a WWE superstar. So thanks very much for having me on, chaps. But uh, yeah, I was pursuing amateur MMA and uh, looking at potentially moving to professional MMA as well, just as I was signed to WWE. So I've always kind of just kept my eye on it, and uh, apart from that, life in quarantine has been okay, because I, I can lift weights, but I can't go grapple, I can't hit pads. Like, I'm trying to convince my wife, right now is a really good time to learn to get through. I've got Peggy, I could teach her that get- she's not into it. She's not into it at all. <laughs>
1: Well, you and we had Corey Sanhagen on a couple weeks ago and he was under he was feeling the same thing where he was like having random sparring matches with his girlfriend. He was trying to have her <laughs> hold pads in the basement and he's still cutting weight just in case Jose Aldo can't get to the States. And he's like, well, I might fight Henderson, who my only sparring partner is going to be my girlfriend. So everyone's in that same boat right now. <laughs> but anyway, PT, how's life with you since we last? It's been uh we didn't see you Monday. We saw you Friday. How's life been with you?
3: Yeah, just becoming more and more erratic as the days go on, Uh, getting more aggressive, uh, melting down a few times a day. You know, about things that are completely fine, about 30 minutes later, I'm just like, oh, better make a big scene out of this. Everyone's starting to not like living with me again, and that (laughs) makes me feel like I've done my job. I've held up my end of the bargain for this isolation.
1: Well, before we get into the questions, I know Jack and Pizza were talking about it. Pizza, you were telling me Jack his amateur, his one of his amateur fights under a legitimate organization, right?
3: Yeah, this Ice FC. Yeah, I was saying to Jack beforehand, it, it bled a lot of uh, the young pros, the young standout pros we have now on the scene in the UK and Ireland. So that makes me think that Jack is is underselling himself as an MMA talent here. And I believe uh, my good friend Acid Hayes on Twitter was telling me earlier that he trained with Billy Robinson, who was. Who was trained with the likes of sakuraba and uh, Shayna Shana Baszler and people like this? Is this correct?
2: Um, yeah, I started off actually. I didn't start with jujitsu, uh, although most people kind of know me in the gym as like the jujitsu guy. Um, I started with catch wrestling in Wigan, uh oh, wow. Sunny Wigan, very lovely place. Uh, and I trained with a guy called Roy Wood, uh out of the Snake Pit. He was the last person to be trained by Billy Riley, kind of the thing is Billy Riley trained Billy Robinson. Billy Robinson uh, trained train Sakuraba. So all the sort of generation of pride, Japanese fighters wow. that a lot of people like. It's those guys. Um, actually, when I lived in, I lived in Tokyo for about nine, 10 months. I actually got to train with Megumi Fuji as well. in wow. uh, The AACC. The uh, yeah. AACC. That was pretty fun actually as well. So a little bit traveled. I'm training with Seth Petrozelli now out of the jungle. Yeah. And um, wow. look to Felicia Spencer as well, who will be, Challenging for the title at some indeterminate point in the future. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm,
1: I'm sure our director Casey's all excited talking about catch And Before you jumped yeah. out, he was he was talking about his affinity for it, right, Casey? Yes, he was like, "It's a double wrist lock, not a
2: kimura." <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on! Yeah, everyone's got that old impression of the old Wigan man. Just do it again. Do the hold yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, the, my,
0: my my coach I train with, um, he's a protege of. Um, uh, uh, CS, uh, forgot his name right, Eric Paulson, CSW, Eric Paulson, yeah, so I, 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 oh, I'm, awesome. all, I'm all like every day, Ugh. you know, <laughs> you know like, just like how 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 far can my jaw be crushed in? That's about.
2: Oh yeah, just like oh, is it the jaw or the, or the neck today? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like,
0: every good cho- oh, every do? good choke starts with a cho- starts of jo- uh, a a neck crank, you know, or crank. <laughs>
3: Uh, were they they inspirations behind you getting into mma jack like when you were going there like when was what was what kind of got you into catch wrestling was that was that to always move on to pro wrestling or or did you did you kind of see that in mma before you, you started training
2: so it's really weird i got into professional wrestling first and i was a little bit uh apprehensive of mma because i thought that. um the fan base, would you believe, might be a bit toxic. Um, Shock. wow. right. Shocking. well Right. Who would have ever thought? Right. So <laughs> I, I, was a li- I was a little bit resigned to it at first because I was like, ah, you know, like, whatever, you know, it's, it's just the blood and guts thing. But it actually was kind of the Kazushi Sakuraba. And it was the, you know, you've got to find your way in. You've got to find the thing that you connect to. So for me, it was, ah oh, here is a guy who associates himself as a pro wrestler, who is doing pro wrestling moves like the sliding drop kick and the Tiger Mask spinning back kick and all this crazy stuff. And then he was trained by a pro wrestler as well. So he had this whole lineage. So I was like, oh, this is my guy. So Kazushi Sakuraba was my way into MMA. And the more I kind of became obsessed with him and the history of like him and then the Gracies and Brazil and Japan, and then you see how like the pride fighters then go to the UFC. It just kind of became this natural progression until I realized I was like, Oh, I'm just as big an MMA fan as a pro wrestling fan. Now, probably it's just kind of like meshed in now.
3: And the, the wrestling fans are nicer people. Yeah, obviously.
2: Oh, the wrestling. Yeah, of course the wrestling (laughs) fans are so much nicer. Just read my Twitter. It's bloody wonderful.
1: (laughs) If you wanted, could you go do an MMA match under the WWE contract?
2: Um, In theory, in theory, I could, theoretically, if, um, if a a major promotion was to reach out to me, theoretically, say like last year, um, if someone reached out to me last year and said, would you, know, would you be interested in doing an MMA fight? We understand like you have a background. Uh, and I got back and said, yes, I'd be interested. All I would have to do is maybe take it to WWE and we discuss how it would work. Um, so Maybe in the future, but it's not worked out so far. Did you just call Um,
3: out James Gallagher? Because that's what it sounded like to you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm
2: going to take my surname back. You're just going to call James from now on. I'm going to Baron Bolo me in an MMA match. What is that? Who's falling for that? Come on. Just back up. Plant your weight, sunshine. I was going to say I
1: think I think Bellator has a European superstar for a European series They're 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 trying to headline a lot of cards with uh, about your size so it's the Gallagher versus Gallagher I like when I posted that you were going to be on the show it is unbelievable how many people thought it was going to be James Gallagher I think they get you too confused in, in in this in this world
2: I get confused with Conor McGregor and I'm not even bloody Irish I just have confused, <laughs> right as the that is the level of intelligence I'm dealing with with the (laughs) casual fan now and again, you understand, like, it's all right, vaguely ginger, pale, accent I don't understand, not even Irish, and then just, oh, Conor McGregor, that will do. Then they hear Gallagher, and then they're like, oh, I know, James Gallagher, no, not even James Gallagher, bloody casuals, it's terrible, it is absolutely (laughs) awful, it's just people who don't pay attention, but they expose themselves, so it's kind of funny in the long run. Oh, that's
3: amazing. And casual, is, casual is, is, is a disease, as we know, so uh, just follow our thoughts and prayers out to the casuals out there.
2: Right. Please, do not expose yourselves to being a casual. Stay away from casual exposure. <laughs> What do you got, Casey? You, you right. popping in? Yeah, yeah. First
0: question. It's fine. It's
1: we got so Oh yes. By the way, we have qu- fan questions for Jack. I know <laughs> I haven't read. I know they exist, but I haven't read them. I like to go in blind. Uh, so we can't prepare. <laughs> so what's our first question, Casey? All right,
0: first question. First question. That's a good starter. Uh, let's go with something light.
1: You from Greb seventy <laughs> seven on the site. UFC two forty nine. A lot to unpack. But what's your take on the event? <laughs> Taking place during the global pandemic, Tony versus Justin, Dana's plan going forward, making up for lost ground, a fucking private island, (laughs) question mark, question mark, question mark. So as I'm sure everyone has heard over the last few days, Dana White has announced he has basically created – He's basically creating like the Mortal Kombat, like enter the dragon type scene where he has a private island or fight island, if you would. Uh, <laughs> and I think there's some confusion over this. A lot of people think UFC 249 is taking place here. This is going to be like the international fighters. So like the Jose Alos and the Shogun, like maybe can't get to the United States on their visas. Maybe they can go to fight island in fights uh UFC 249 is supposedly taking place in Fresno uh but I'll start with you Jack when you heard this news that Dana's supposedly making <laughs> a fighter's island to hold these events are you thinking like now we've really reached the this is this is no longer like I, I can't even put it into words what, what 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 we're hearing right now
2: I was so excited <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited. I, I most people are like, oh, pinch me, I must be dreaming. This is a nightmare. No, this is fantastic, right? So, no matter what, what we're talking about, like the, the pandemic and all sorts of things, we can agree. Fight Island is an awful name, so that has to go, right? You sure. had so much choice. You could have done a Shang Song. You could have done Mortal Kombat reference. <laughs> you could have been Street Fighter, and we could have been like, Street Fighter is not on an island. And you shut up. It doesn't matter. You could have done so much with it. But you went with Fight Island. Okay. So you've got a bad name, but think about the concept. At the very least, this is the most bizarre thing I've ever I, I said. I'm a fan of Pride FC. So I'm a bit into a bit of a freak show fight. And as weird as this all is, I'm really, really into the Mortal Kombat idea. I'm really <laughs> into the, just let's fly them into an island. I don't know how they're being trained on the island, I don't know what the like safety precautions are on the island. But I'm in for it because
1: I don't have to do it, frankly. So. <laughs> Petey, what are your thoughts when you hear of Dana White making a fight island for international fighters?
3: <laughs> I mean, it's it's very MMA, isn't it? Like, it's the most <laughs> MMA thing. We're talking about, like, um, you know, how wild this sport is. And, you know, as far as the push for mainstream approval, this isn't going to do much for that at all. Um, I think it's madness, right? I think I think it's crazy. I think when you when you consider every other major sport has just going kind to of said, "Oh well, we can't do this." Um, the fact that MMA is pushing forward it is not that surprising, let's be honest. It's not the most surprising thing in the world. We've talked about before. Dana White is not the most socially responsible man in the world. This shouldn't be a big <laughs> surprise to anyone. Um it's insane. Um I think it's nearly gone past the point of criticism and it's gone into complete disbelief now where it's just like I'm waking up in the morning and all this news has happened, and I'm just like, what? What the fuck is going on here? Like, I don't even know what to say anymore. It's just, yeah, I guess that's happening. I guess that's happening. Um, it's mental. I, I, I mean, I'm sure all the 30 for 30 crew thought they were going to get a holiday uh, this month, and then they're like, oh <laughs> shit, guess we have to go to the pandemic peninsula or whatever we're going to call it. <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, I'm sure there's going to be some fantastic documentaries made about this. Pandemic peninsula. <laughs>
2: I like Toronto Toronto. Is, uh, leading for the name right now. No. i have got to say.
3: How about Corona Coast? Oh no, not the Corona oh. Coast.
2: Leave right, Leave it. The, the Chavy lads just all blown out. You know what I mean? <laughs> that one was just yeah. you. I'm going to be honest. I'm, I've got the chav material for just me and you today, mate. <laughs> lovely,
3: lovely, lovely. I'm going to like keep on working on names. I'll come back to them every, every, every so often. All well, right.
2: I
0: like to point out, Jose, when, when you read the question, you said um we've no, we've heard for a few days about this fight island. We only heard about it yesterday like it was it came out like it came out like so
1: like that's a long Man, all the days blend together to keep, at this days days MMA just, just <laughs> point mma is just because you've got
2: so way. much time to allow your imagination to go wild like well, someone just says ever, this bizarre thing's happening and you just left to sit and think about it for a long time <laughs> what could that possibly mean why
1: how you- well, I remember we were on this show when this when this all this was initially happening weeks ago when we were like the when Dana White kept saying this fight was going to go on and he was going to find a spot we were joking weeks ago about private islands and fighting on a barge or fighting on a volcano and stuff like that and now it's actually going to be a fighters island. I feel like we've been talking about this as a joke for weeks and now that it's a reality it's I had no, I, I personally didn't have a reaction to it. I was like, yeah, this makes sense. This makes a lot of sense right now.
3: Do, do you know what it's like as well? It's like it's like MMA can't exist in the mainstream. Like it just can't. It's it's tried for so long. And it always had to shine in these gray areas in between the football season, in between the basketball season, if there's a quiet weekend. Like, I mean, this is utter madness, but it might be looked back on as a stroke of genius from a financial point of view later on. I mean, if this if this knocks it out of the park um, and nobody comes away with any illnesses and stuff, I mean, it's going to look like a home run. And they, they all they care about is money at the end of the day. That's the only way the success of this event, unless there is an outbreak over there and a lot of people get messed up about it, which is a possibility in this situation. But if this goes uh, without without fault, I mean, I, I think the business is going to look back on this as a success. And it's not too surprising that MMA is pressing forward at a time when no other sport will. And to be honest, I, I agree with Dana on one thing. And that is that if this goes well, all the other sports are going to start going, how do we do this? How can we put it on? Because at the end of the day. They're money hungry they're, they're it's an organization they need to they need to pay the bills they need to keep the the money coming in so i do agree with it that much and i kind of think that i can. i can see where they see the opportunity i'm sure all you guys can
0: too. Well, what you say you said mma is pressing forward it's not mma it's only the ufc i think well, i think cage yeah. War. i think cage warriors may be trying to do yeah, something cage
1: is still holding a yeah, show right? they've got
3: a private location no island though so i mean as, really? how are we as excited that's the question <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah, no, you mentioned like, a volcano as well as an idea. Now that's starting to that's, that's what I'm saying, ruminate. man. Yeah, can't like,
1: to... how, how, like now we're hearing like it's going to be near Costa Rica and everything. Like, if this fight island exists, and they have to build a hospital on the island because, like, I don't like what's the logistics? Like, what if someone gets hurt and they have to go to the ICU? Like, it does that exist on Fight Island? Uh, they're going to have to. Uh, there's a lot more questions we're going to. I, I would want answered, but like, but the best part we get is they don't know where community. it is. Right. <laughs> they but say we they get they past play this pandemic. Yeah. Say we get past it and Fight Island still exists after this pandemic. Are we going to have an annual Fight Island event? Like every year we go back to the anniversary of the first Fight Island show? Like Fight Island 1, Fight Island 2. Like there's a lot of questions I want answered before we, we hold this event.
3: We're only, we're only making Dana more excited with we'll talk like this, I was like, He's like, yes, of course. It'll be like our WrestleMania.
2: Um, marketing opportunities. He's yeah. right, right. There's, there's reimbursement from this. Well, I, saw, I, Dana saw, White say on.
0: I saw a good theory. Is like the, 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 there is no Fight Island. It's actually the U, U, UFC Apex Center, and it's just going to be all green screens of like tropical like trees <laughs> and beaches. And we're like oh, whatever. <laughs> So,
1: oh it's going to be like the, what was the what was it rumble on the rock in hawaii they had that epic uh when i think of fighting on an island that's the first thing i think of that was like had anderson you should know you should know kami anderson first fight i think jake shields won the whole is, tournament is, Young you Carlos the one with
2: the, is that the one where the diaz boys get uh like they're, they're flipping everyone off as uh like leaving as well
0: i was there that wasn't that was for elite X D. That was the
2: cut stoppage, right? That was yeah. the cut stoppage, and he was like, "Oh no, I never get cut." And like, "Come on."
1: Yeah, yeah. He, that, that was that. the um. Who, who who did he fight in that? KJ Noons. KJ Noons. That's all that. Don't yeah. be scared, homie. That's when that, was that was came.
3: Was his dad from. or something? It was that whole situation when his dad was That's scared scared and everything.
0: <laughs> That's what the "Don't be scared, homie." Line. Yep, yep. But, Those ass uh, yes, boys. Even, like the the fight island thing. Like, well, I just think it's crazy too. So they said they're gonna fly everyone to a location. And then they all get on a plane, and they go to – but no one knows where the plane is flying. So yeah. I,
1: like, the fighters don't even know where it is. I,
3: this I, is I, this I, is a film. This is a film. This is no longer – it doesn't feel like a real thing. You know, I every –
0: really They're going to be blindfolded. They're going to blindfold the pilots. <laughs> they're going to just go that way.
2: Everyone's <laughs> going to be chanting Kumite the yeah. whole time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying.
1: This is a real-life blood sport, and I don't – Like I, I can't say I'm excited, but I'm, like, curious to see what is going to happen.
3: Well, like this is the whole thing. Like, I mean, there, there's no news, right? The news media are running out of things to talk about apart from coronavirus daily updates and stuff. Like, I'm seeing big names talking about this event that isn't even happening this weekend. That's happening next weekend in the U. S. Like, big, big talk show hosts. It's, it's one. It's in their opening monologues that they're talking about this. Like. Yeah. Whether we want to believe it or not, like that is gonna to add to the, the intrigue, it's gonna to add to the numbers of people tuning into this. Like, and that's that's where the opportunity is for the UFC, I guess.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure the New York Times, the New York Times broke where USC 249 is gonna happen. So, like you see, like you said it, Pizzy, like this is the only thing they're gonna talk about. So, like the mainstream of the mainstream is gonna like they're gonna latch on. Like Stephen Colbert talked about it in his opening monologue or something like that. So, like, if this is the only thing happening, I know. I'm sure we're going to get questions down the road, but like WrestleMania was the only thing happening this weekend. And it was two days. And I know I watched the whole thing because I was going to watch it regardless. But like I was watching, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking like this, so many people have to be watching this right now. Cause, cause it's I, the yeah. only sporting event on.
3: I don't watch wrestling ever. And I watched the, the whole weekend, you know, like I, I watched it all. Like, and I mean that, that does say something like, you know, it definitely does.
1: But that was also supposedly like, like it was pre-taped. It's not also not a fist fight where you, Will they create an island? So there's still, again, there's more questions we have.
0: Was was yeah. this WrestleMania, did you have to, was it a pay-per-view? Or was it just part of the network? Was this one different? It oh, was I just still, had a
3: network one. Was,
0: it's it the always network. part of the network.
1: Oh, yeah. Just, okay. Yeah, but that's a big difference of UFC 249, $70. So pull on like $70 pay-per-view that you can't, like we've talked about, you can't group together and pitch in $10 <laughs> each of you. You can't go to a bar to watch it. Uh, I'm sure people are trying to save money during quarantine time because I know a lot of people like they've lost their jobs because they are non-essential. So they're collecting, uh, either unemployment or no income. So I'd be, I am so curious to see how this would do like, yes, in theory, there's nothing on TV. So they're going to watch, they might watch it, but like, will they shell out $70 for this? I don't know. I doubt, I doubt it's going to do like blow the blow everything out of the water. Anyway, Casey, we got any more questions? <laughs> I'm sure we have a no. I'm sure we're gonna keep talking about this. it. I I, I, are this? there gonna be
0: bathrooms on the island? I just want things like that. like, <laughs> like you just like, they just give you a shovel and a coconut, like I ah, figure it out, you know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, th- this week this
3: week on Eurobash, Noel said that uh that he thinks that it will break the pay per view record because people are that bored. How insane is that?
0: No. I, no. Nile saying There you go,
3: thing. Noel. There you go, Noel. Have that.
0: No. Everyone on the A side disagrees with you. <laughs> All right. Next question. Next question.
1: Ooh, long one from Dioman on the site. With WWE still forging ahead with weekly shows and pre-recording events, what control measures has Gallagher seen in place has Gallagher seen in place to limit the spread? Are these things are these things that could be applied to MMA shows or is the UFC doing a better job as far as we know for a company still forging ahead? The safest choice would obviously be to cancel everything, but it at least brings some comfort to know that everything that can be done to make it safe is being done. Uh so wwe as we mentioned wwe and ufc seem to be two entities that are forging ahead i think the biggest difference is wwe is pre-recording a lot of stuff the ufc is forging ahead with pay-per-views and asking for 70 dollars, and it's going to be live and supposedly it's going to be on an island they not in the apex like the wwe is, uh record a lot of at the uh, the performance center so jack This question is for you. Uh, What control measures has Gallagher seen in place to limit the spread from WWE and so on and so so forth and the differences between WWE and UFC?
2: Um, So I can't speak to the differences, obviously, directly between the measures WWE and UFC are taking. I can tell you from personal experience, uh, kind of just what's happened with the pre-taping that I have done uh, previously. And uh, you understand as well, but like, to put it in context, like why this is so significantly different for people who don't understand why it's different, I'm not cutting weight, I don't have a fight camp, and what? I'm not traveling a very significant distance to get here. Most of the people who are doing these pre-tapes live in Florida, and they're in Florida, you know, or they're just staying around the Florida area anyway. I, I live in Florida, like I said before. <laughs> so you've already got a completely different situation for the what the people are doing. So when I've done the pre-tapings before, uh, before we do anything... We check in uh, with medical staff. We give an update about any contact we might have come in with uh, since our last like taping or anything. Like It's very sort of the basic sort of medical form. Um, we will be assessed as well. And then the minimum amount of crew possible is always our every taping. And you can imagine like the lengths they've gone to make sure that's possible because you have a multi-person camera crew. So they've limited it down to the very, very minimum crew that we could actually get away with. Um, and as well, honestly, I, I think like they're doing the absolute best they can from what I've seen. There's been uh, a clear message left to me, and I assume the other talent, I can't speak for them, that if anyone was uncomfortable they could choose. And we saw Roman Reigns at WrestleMania Mm -hmm. was uh, concerned about his health as well and the health of his family, which he was very legitimately right to do. And he said, I'm going to sit this one out. And they said, fine. And they've said to anyone else, if you would like to do that, please, this will not negatively affect your career, your standing, anything like this. This is what I've been led to be aware of. Yeah, I mean, the,
1: the, the things you brought up about not cutting weight no fight camp and you and you not only do not have to travel far but you know where you're going like even if it was in say you have to drive to another state you still know where you're going like fighters don't know where this supposed island is going to be i know we go ahead it's
2: it's sorry yeah it's also just occurred to me it's not two teams of people meeting together that just sort of occurred to me now we're a crew of people who see each other Three, four, five days out of the week, normally. Anyway, right. the the going home to our family is the is usually the the odd c- occasion. Now it's the opposite. The people we spend all the time with, you know, it's it's not like MMA where there's a team from Brazil and then there's a yep. team from you know uh, Russia meeting and then they meet and then they have to go back to these other countries as well. It's people living in Florida who meet all the time. Yeah, ex-
1: exactly. I mean, you also have – the ES- like. So if this is an ESPN plus pay-per-view, you have the entire ESPN staff. You have the UFC staff. Uh, like backstage, I don't know what – like again, I don't know what the logistics are backstage. But there's a lot of possibility of spreading of virus and like they're going to have to test the ESPN crew, the UFC crew, all of the fight camps. Like you said, like Brazil, Russia. Like if we have someone from Europe flying over, I'm, I mean I even though the UFC London card, we had people from the US fly to London and then Ashley Smith was on the show, she had found out her fight had fallen out when she was already in London and had to fly back. So, Petey, after hearing what Jack said, I mean, he makes, some, he makes, obviously, excellent points about how they are completely different entities, but what do you think about, like, how the like, WWE and the UFC, like, you, you, you're in this MMA world, you see, w, like, you hear what Jack is saying, there really is, there are too many differences to really compare the two, right?
3: Yeah, and, and even from the way Jack is speaking about Roman and, and different, um, you know, athletes there, it feels like there won't be any kind of big pullback for them making that decision, as in Rome was like, oh, I don't want to do this, and they're like, yeah, that's fine, no issue. But I get the feeling that, you know, if 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 some prominent fighters did that with the UFC, that would be something they wouldn't forget all too, all too soon, you know? And I feel like there will be some backlash. Like, is it, is it fair to say, like, Jack, that, you know, people are comfortable with saying that, and, and it won't have any direct ramifications on their careers if they if they don't feel safe to do so.
2: Um, I, like I said, I don't want to speak for WWE as an entity. Yeah, of course. An independent contractor. Um, it's it's just been a company wide policy. Like they've every time actually a, a development has happened, um, we have updates kind of coming through to us. Like, hey, here's some documentation from the CWC, uh, C- CDC, is it? The I'm terrible with acronyms, I'm sorry. But then we were getting sort of updates from the, uh, you know, some from sort of uh, governmental sort of virus things and stuff like that. Whenever sort of a new thing is known, we're getting updated on that. And yeah, it's just been, we've been, we've known the policy. It's like, guys, we understand this is a weird time. We understand you need to think about your family first sometimes if you're coming into contact with people particularly high-risk people we completely understand that and it's just been reiterated at every stage of this
1: even
3: that to be honest is a massive difference from what i've heard from the ufc home uh-huh. fighters you know
1: like uh, transparency out- is the biggest difference is what i'm hearing like you we used to, like eddie wyland supposedly found out he wasn't fighting Cheeto Vera when dana white announced the card like no one gave him a heads up that he was no longer fighting he found out the same way we all found out so to me from what i'm hearing from jack is transparency between the ufc and the wwe to the to their fighters and wrestlers is by far the biggest thing i'm hearing
3: yeah and i mean dalby was the co-main event of ufc london he was on Eurobash last week and he said like i didn't know anything like i I didn't know i I presume that i wasn't one of these relocated fights they mentioned they were relocating the whole card they were only ever trying to relocate Woodley and Edwards, you know, so it's like <coughs> it—it's it, tough. I feel like you know, based on what Jack said, I think that the the WWE have handled it a lot better as the the flagship bearer of their sport and their entertainment industry. Yeah,
1: it's—I'm still—I <laughs> I should be surprised that fighters are fi- finding out the same way we're finding out, but I'm not. What do you got? What do you got, Casey? You're popping in again?
0: No, oh, no, I'm just changing the camera angle.
1: <laughs> yeah, just I, just to be on
0: himself. I mean you know yeah or, 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 Should i just do a camera me while you talk i could do that
1: oh wow. yes i enjoyed it <laughs> a lot
0: actually beautiful man
1: nice mustache casey Thank but you. it's like jack is saying like the wib is being so like it's is being so transparent and i should be surprised that like you're bringing up dalby like he does, he assumes like you said he's not one of the relocated fighters but like the
3: main draw, the, one of the main draws in the character. Like,
1: <laughs> I know? was going to say, like, if you're fighting in the UK or overseas, Nicholas Dolby is going to be one of the guys fans are going to get in the door to see. And I? I'm not wrong, Absolutely. right, Pete? Yeah, yeah. of course. Of course. Like, yeah. Like, Nicholas Dolby is a draw in the UK. He might not be the biggest draw stateside. One of your biggest draws should probably know if he's fighting or not. Like, Eddie Wyland's been in the W. Like, in the ufc for how long and even he dates back to the wc former title contender he was supposed to fight Cheeto vera on the columbus card and now he's finding out he's not fighting Cheeto vera the way we're finding out so i should be surprised but i'm not
3: yeah yeah anyway. we, must get, we must get jack to write uh casey's mustache before the end of the show as well <laughs> <laughs> i just figured that when i saw casey flashing up on the screen there i was like this is two fantastic mustaches coming together we need it's to just- get them to write each
2: other's It's just two different styles, isn't it? It's it's the pinnacles meeting. (laughs) (laughs) A fusion of styles.
0: (laughs) All right. What do we got next, Casey? Next question. Next question.
1: All right, let's go to this one. Easy one. From (laughs) Mark... Kaz, Kaz, Kaz I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name on Twitter. WrestleMania thoughts. Hashtag Dayside. So, Pitsy, I'll go to you, considering you said you never watch professional wrestling much, but you will watch the entire WrestleMania. I see a big grin on your face when <laughs> I brought this up. So I, you were live tweeting this while WrestleMania was going and I was watching and, and my girlfriend was also, I was keeping her up to date of your tweets. Uh, you were tweeting this like a fight like yeah. a professional fight of sorts. So what did what were your thoughts on WrestleMania?
3: Well, just like, first of all, they're way stronger than MMA fighters because I've never seen an MMA fighter uh, fight after getting thrown off a balcony a few days later. You know what I mean? <laughs> and look pretty goddamn good doing it. But um, I, I tell you, uh, realistically, right, because I don't know the characters, <laughs> the, the crowd has a real function in WWE, in, in pro wrestling. I know where I stand after each of the guys' entrances usually. Like I know... Who the crowd likes, who's the good guy, who's the bad guy, um, and, and I'm responding. And the crowd gives you; it adds to the atmosphere there. What be, their reactions to the athletes um, is a big part of the viewing experience. And I didn't really, I didn't really acknowledge that until they weren't there at the event. So it was very hard for me to maybe buy into the, some of the the athletes without kind of knowing that kind of thing uh, and seeing that reaction that the crowd had to them. But um, I thought the features were absolutely amazing. You know, like uh, that was. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. I'd never seen anything like it, and I had no idea they were going to do it that way. Like, I don't know if, if wrestling fans knew they were going to do something kind of offset for that where it would be a, a completely different experience, but I thought that was brilliant. And for them to be innovative in, in a time where everything is going crazy, I thought that was really cool. Now, bear in mind, I don't watch a lot of pro wrestling, so if they rob that off someone else, I'm sorry. But I thought that was uh, I thought it was exceptional. The, the John Cena matchup was brilliant. Like, I, I, I thought that was brilliant. I thought it was... Absolutely amazing! I, I've never even seen the other guy he was fighting, um, but he's he's a star, man. He, he's unbelievable. I was hanging on to every word he said, and even John Cena completely taking the piss out of himself. I thought it was great.
1: <laughs> so, I'll Jack. Question for you: uh, Is it? I I think I know the answer, but what is it like wrestling in front of nobody?
2: Um, it's not as bizarre as you think, honestly. Really? Yeah. Um. So. The the thing the thing you have to remember is that uh, you're not always like like you said like you're not always familiar with who the who the people are in the ring. So our job sometimes is if you don't know me or you don't know my opponent, part of the job that I'm about to do is informing you who I am and who my opponent is. So in my head, I'm just kind of going like, okay. Just do the thing you normally do just just do the normal job and it'll it's, it'll be fine and after i've like i've been doing i've uh, been doing i have been wrestling i've been wrestling uh professionally for about 15 years now wow. so the, the rhythm's just there the rhythm's just there it's just trusting that you can kind of do it so after the first time it was okay the, but the very first time it was like um doing a training match. And you guys have never been to a professional wrestling training school, I assume. So anyone who has knows exactly what that means. It was like being a trainee again in front of your coach. It was that kind of sort of experience. Um, I don't know if I could equate it to anything else.
3: Do you, do you know the, the the verbal interactions that uh, the the wrestlers are having on the night? Was that amplified? Was that beefed up? Like in terms of were they talking more than they usually would during the during the actual wrestling going down, or is that something I'm just not aware of? Usually with the
2: crowd there, it's usually something you're not aware of. So oh like, you know when you see people do like like they mime like, it's usually the person is actually screaming. It's just that the the crowd noise is like blurting it out. The thing I actually really like the empty arenas for is you can hear like every time yes. someone's yeah. getting hit. So like those like punches that people think just kind of whiff by, it's like oh we're at yeah okay that's a different type of thing now
1: well it made the ladder match that much more brutal because you can hear uh, the ladders like rattle off each other or like John Morrison doing the, the starship paying off like everything like you mentioned was amplified it made it that much more brutal
2: and do you know the thing is as well like like it, I'm sure MMA fighters experience this as well which is you know you get hit and you hear the crowd go ah so you go, oh, that hurt! But the, the crowd going crazy makes that lizard part of your brain go ah, and like you become crazy <laughs> for a it. second. Like, the problem is when you like land on a ladder or you go through a table and there's no crowd reaction. You know, there's no crowd there. It's just clunk. It's, oh, ah, you're just laying there in pain. It's so much worse. It genuinely is a ten times more painful match without the audience there. Ugh. I feel really bad for those guys. It was fantastic. Actually I think the ladder match apart from the Firefly was my favorite thing. But they killed each other. Oh, that any, was...
3: You were really impressed by that. We wouldn't pick up on like I definitely wouldn't pick up on like is there was there any like little subtle thing that happened that night that you know maybe we didn't even most of the watching world wouldn't have even noticed, but you did because you're in the trade
2: like Um, no, I don't think the only inside like knowledge I have is when an in-joke manages to make its way to television. Right. So, sure. you know, like there's always there's always some sort of like, ha ha, I'm going to try and see if I can do this. Ha ha ha. Let's see if anyone notices. And then you go, like, ah, he did it. No one caught it. He got it through. <laughs> so uh, aside from like little in jokes, which I don't want to spoil because it's sure. kind of like you know, those little private things. Uh, not really. Everyone's because the crowds disappeared. A lot of people kind of have to be on their A game because the crowd is that fourth person who's kind of making the match you have to make up so much more because the crowd isn't there
1: and it, it is wrestlemania and like you see the promos where everyone's talking about like I, the the hype is there like they're more excited this and that when there's no crowd for wrestlemania do you see feel a sense of or wrestlemania raw smackdown nxt like with these no crowds do you feel any a different kind of pressure where no one's there so you're not entertaining a live crowd but you like we've talked about, there's nothing really happening, and it's up to the wrestlers maybe to bring entertainment to the world during a pandemic. Is it
2: a different type of pressure you're feeling in there? Well, I wasn't feeling it until you said it <laughs> before, for the wrestlers to bring the world a new type of entertainment. <laughs> I didn't realise we were the saving grace. Sorry, guys. I'll get on that. Um, no, honestly, the the main thing that I've been thinking about is that um, you make certain concessions uh when you wrestle in front of a live audience and the camera because you're serving two masters so you're always you're always sort of serving the audience live and you're always serving the audience at home um with the live audience go away it means you get to sort of focus this is something you guys won't notice is very inside sort of baseball kind of thing but this is like now it has become much more about just the audience at home which is i sure. think why people are finding it so weird because they're because the uh, I keep saying rhythm, but like the cadence mm-hmm. of it, the, how the matches happen now are different because our audience has changed in a weird way. Because our audience has gone from a live person to this camera here. Sure.
3: Thanks, anonymous dude. One, two, three. <laughs> Open our screen yeah. there. Um, I was just gonna. I wanted to just ask you one thing, Jack. Like because of all this this uh, practical training you've had, like the the catch wrestling, um, grappling, etc. Does that give you like an extra layer of respect in comparison to some people? Like, is that commonplace in the in in pro wrestling, or is this like an extra string to your bow? If you know what I mean, like, does this give you a bit more of a nod, like when they're like, "Well, this guy's really doing it," you know?
2: Um, it it kind of varies from person to person. So I'm not I'm definitely not unique in the world of professional wrestling. Obviously, like Brock Lesnar is a person you might who have heard of it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Obviously, there's people like that. We have uh, Matt Riddle is currently mm-hmm. in NXT, obviously. Um, but there's so many guys who randomly are like state uh, amateur wrestling champions or they get scouted because of um, being involved in another sport. Um, the thing that's helped with me is like I'm, I'm a cruiserweight, which, you know, it's, for the MMA fans, it's like being a UFC flyweight you're just constantly battling everyone's indifference despite being technically superior and faster to everyone. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what I think of you, Jack. Go ahead. Right. Thank <laughs> yes. you, mate. I knew, I knew we'd be friends at the start of this. I knew, <laughs> I knew it would work out. So the, the thing that has helped me is being a smaller guy, my ear, like the reason I'm wearing these and not like, uh, like buds is my ears are really chewed up from years of grappling. So anyone who kind of understands like what that means, we go, all right, you are, you're short, which for some reason means I'm not tough. You're short, and then they go, Oh, his ears are a bit messed up. Oh, he's, <laughs> his teeth, he's got a cut down his lip. Oh, he's got, a, uh, okay, okay. It gives, it, it adds an air of legitimacy to an otherwise farcical human being. That's, <laughs> have you ever rolled with to guys? Pardon? Have you ever had a quick roll with Anita Goys? Like, do you ever uh-huh. do that? I've had a play about, but like the the only time I've ever done it is the canvas is so slippery. You'd have to wear, uh, you really do have to wear wrestling shoes to sort of do it, and it's not very conducive for if you're ever playing guard because your legs get Ooh. entangled so quickly. So it's if horrible, you're so sim- yeah. yeah, so if anyone likes to hop on leg locks, you can't pull your feet out, and it just becomes a mess and people. Just, that's roll all
1: yeah. over the place well that's pete's bread and butter right there leg locks that's why i've never gone to pro
3: wrestling lads the <laughs> contracts were there i just couldn't make that. my, arts oh, mate, my I've, got a, I've got a fair decent 50 50 guard i'll give it a bash with you mm-hmm. uh, i don't even have a guard i just jumping on legs
0: and hoping for the best <laughs> hey, so, if i don't get it i'm <laughs>
3: fucked
0: <laughs> <laughs> pete I, I, someone told me you're pretty flexible
3: oh yeah yeah did you hear that yeah yeah
0: do you want me to show you? Well, you we a we, we show have you? a new guest. We have a guest. <laughs> so. We have a new guest. He has <laughs> to see. Uh, Jack. Kind of jeans, nope. No jeans. stretching. Like,
2: oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Jesus. Come on, Jack. That's a <laughs> That's a. Yeah, you've got a rubber guard there, mate. And you should do Come some on. Eddie Bravo stuff. What happened? Oh. I am going to say you should do some Eddie Bravo rubber guard stuff, for me. Well, I actually invented rubber guard and me and Eddie Bravo have a lawsuit
3: pending. And I just can't talk about it any more than that.
1: <laughs> just look That's into right. it, man. Just look into it. <laughs> you should yeah. have saw, Jack, PT did that at USC 246
2: media day. <laughs> Why? <was> super- <laughs> Why did you do that at the media day? What What we was the thing that line. made you go, oh, this will work? Just you, let the point now. know, you know what I mean? Let,
1: <laughs> let me set the scene. We're waiting. He just interviewed Anthony Pettis and I just interviewed uh, Diego Ferreira. And we're just talking <laughs> while we're waiting in line to interview these fighters. And PC just comes up to me and goes, did you know I'm the most flexible person in this room? <laughs> have a bunch of professional fighters and black belts waiting to be interviewed. And I go, what are you talking about, man? And he goes, watch this. In the middle of media day, and just lays on the floor and does that. So that is the t- that is what P. T. Carroll does during media days. So,
3: and Peta said nothing. Sat there shaking.
2: <laughs> I think if he says nothing and he sat there shaking, he said enough, mate. He said enough. You're on the bloody floor. With the leg behind you. <laughs> Why is this Irish man the- doing this? <laughs> what, what how how long in the room were you before you decided like? Oh yeah, Our I'm the most, most flexible person. Hours. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just
3: took a quick look around the room and was like, I know, I know what's happening here. I was just picking the right moment. I didn't want to intimidate them before I interviewed them.
2: because that. He was must it. be the most interested person at an open workout. He just likes waiting for the high kick going, <laughs> oh, I've got him Be, oh, I've got him, B. yeah.
3: <laughs> look, I'm just saying, if he needs to get me over to Pandemic Peninsula, I am ready. I, am ready. I can do this any time of the day.
1: <laughs> well, going back to the, uh, the smaller fighters, Pete, uh, Jack also... He wrestles like. Do you know what two hundred five live is, C? No. So two hundred five live is like for the the smaller guys in WWE. and two, so they have to weigh a was a maximum two hundred five pounds, right, Jack? Yeah. That's so. John Jones's weight class is considered small in the
2: what WWE.
3: The, that is mental. I mean, like you must have to cut an awful lot of weight, then, Jack,
2: to get under that limit. Oh yeah, I chopped my knees off a couple years ago. That helped.
3: <laughs> what what is the like the what is the the size range down in that division? Must be absolutely
2: mental. It must be like a, a eighty pound differential. Um. So the thing is that the wrestlers don't get very professional. Wrestlers don't get very very small. Is the other thing. So we it doesn't go like all the way down to like one hundred and twenty five pound guys. You know, the smallest person in probably in WWE is like one hundred and sixty pounds. Right. You know, as an active wrestler. So that's still. Bigger than Tony and Khabib on the weigh-in day, um, which really makes you think as well when you think about like actual size differences. Like you know, like how big guys are the draws, like that. How that has changed in terms of the average size of people. Now the average person is like the person everyone wants to watch. No one watches heavyweights as much. Sure. Mm. So, like, it's kind of like harder. rugby players
3: as well, isn't it? Like when rugby players, you, when you're looking at them in a crowd, you're like, oh, they're all the same size as me. And then you get up close, you're like, oh, holy shit, okay. Yeah, I'm not doing Yeah, this. It,
2: it was meeting Big Show for the first time that actually sort of uh, hit it home because it, it dude, meet it like at TV, uh, him being on TV does not really convey the size of the man. You know, like I've <laughs> met big people. I've met six foot, you know, I've met all these bodybuilder types. But when you're sort of shaking a man's hand and his hand sort of just covers yours and you go, oh, I don't have a hand anymore, you, <laughs> then, you know, you understand like, oh, there's, there is different levels to size, I guess. Now, that is imagine
1: mean. if Conor McGregor does jump over W. like people, every time he fights, it kind of becomes a story. Like imagine if him inside the WWE ring, he would look so small compared to like the bigger wrestlers because he's, he's what, PG, like five, seven?
3: For, he's 5'8, 5'9, I'd say.
2: He is like legitimately around my height and around my weight. So just look like I know it did the I look like Conor McGregor joke before, but look <laughs> at me stood next to people, and that will give you a good indication as to probably how he'd look.
3: Yeah, I think the thing about Connor, um, when you meet him, is the width of him. That's pretty intimidating. Yeah, like, I he's mean, he's super wide. So. He's, he's, he's all lats, isn't he? As well. Yeah, his, his chest, he's like a shaved wolf or some <laughs> shit. I don't know that <laughs> or, like, I mean, it, it is huge. His his back and his chest are just huge. Like, he's like an upside down Christmas tree. I like, can always, always, ever since uh, he was young, he always had a huge frame, like a big, huge
1: frame, like a shaved wolf, as I said. He has invisible lat syndrome, where his arms just kind of hang off to the side like that.
2: There you go. Bellhop syndrome. I've heard
1: that too. Uh, But Casey, any more questions? MMA related or non? All right. Let me take a look. Do, do, do. All right. Thank you for the question, Mark. I'm sorry (coughs) if I butchered your last name.
0: (laughs) All right. Here's some, um, I guess, ah, fun stuff. Here we go.
1: From Sean Denny at Denny Rance, longtime commenter, hashtag the A-side, can you see the UFC having any issues holding events under CSAC in the future due to bypassing them? to hold the show on a reservation so yes gentlemen if you haven't heard uh the california state athletic commission is not going to be involved in ufc 249 in fresno in california so what sean is asking is could there be any ramifications down the line if the ufc is basically holding unsanctioned fights in california will that play any factor into their relationship with the california state athletic commission pete see, i'll start with you uh what do you make of this whole unsanctioned fights the ufc is holding
3: what what like is there gonna be medical mercenaries drafted in for this like how did this work
1: <laughs> That's honestly, exactly like we don't know what's gonna like 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 <laughs> like hospitals like is there gonna what doctors are gonna be on the scene like the judges like exactly we don't know
3: um i i think yeah i think with all of these kind of things it, it turns into an ego battle i think the whole reason this is happening is Dana White's ego and i think the guy from the California state elect commission also has an ego and these will go ramming each other now because this is going ahead. And uh, I don't know if there will be problems because at the end of the day, the, the the UFC is a, is a cash cow for all of these athletic commissions. Like, I mean, um, I can remember all this big talk from Las Vegas on Conor McGregor and then, Oh, it might not fight there again. Suddenly everything, everyone changed their tune very, very quickly. So yeah, I can imagine there will be a bit of tension, uh, but at the end of the day, They need to come together to make money, and and you know, that's what it will be at the end of the day. I don't see any long-term issues outside of a bit of loggerheads until the next event, you know. Camp here do the splits. Uh we need to we need to set up some type of platform. I don't know myself, (laughs) but we will try live next week.
1: (laughs) Going back to the question, I mean, California and UFC's relationship is unique where John Jones is supposed to fight in Las Vegas is Alexander Gustafson, and then all of a sudden that falls out, and where, who takes him in is the California State Athletic Commission. Like, they allow him to fight in Englewood on a few days' notice. So, Jack, I don't know if you have any thoughts on the matter of athletic commissions and such. I know super exciting stuff on the A side, but uh, yeah, I think we all have – there's too many questions that we need to answer before I could even possibly add another
2: um yeah i i very rarely have to deal with athletic commissions either but it, it, don't worry it's not disinteresting we're all interested it's why we're here don't put yourself down like that you're doing well <laughs> <laughs> um but no i i as you said if they've already got like a pleasant relationship with them uh regarding like the john jones situation uh, well the, the last, the John Jones situation before the other John Jones situation that we're currently going, you know, you right. know, John. Oh, John. Oh, John. What do you <laughs> Um But if you've already got a good situation with him, like, I I don't know. probably It'll probably be fine. I'm sure money talks in the long t- term for them.
1: I'm sure Dana White's going to do the uh, adult thing and he'll. Dana White does this thing where when he when you kind of rub him the wrong way he just doesn't talk to you anymore. Like he'll just walk by you in the hallway. Like it's like I bet him and Andy Foster were, were like on handshake terms, and now they'll just walk past each other. So that's <laughs> I think that's the extent of what we'll get. Casey, you got any thoughts on the matter? You live in California, Casey. You have covered a million fights <coughs> in California. Inglewood,
0: um, Inglewood, no good. Um, it's not a
1: good thing. It's not. It's not not yet. a good
0: thing. And I think uh, I think they've already said these will be con. These will be considered. Um, uh, what's it Un- yeah unsanctioned. unsanctioned? So like it's, it's 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 unclear if these are even going to going to be like official fights. Or so, is this going to be more of a exhibition because it's going to be no 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 governing
1: body. So um, lot. of So questions. would this not go on
2: people's records?
1: That's what I was just thinking. Yeah, like I mean, That's if they a win the title, it doesn't c- happen. C- like going possibly. through the, the comment section, so that is by far the most prevalent like like common question we've gotten in the in the comment section. It goes, will these fights e-? like if like, if, if, this, if Habib was on this card, say, and, like, he didn't go to Russia, because this, again, Pizza, you retweeted this, but to put another kind of nail in that coffin, this is only taking a three-hour drive away from where Habib trains. So, if he had stayed in California, you could have just driven there. Um, okay, now that's mental. If Habib – That's funny. Someone had <laughs> like if, if Habib had stayed on this card and Tony had beat him, would he still be undefeated, technically, if this doesn't go on his record? So – I don't know. I truly don't know. I'm sure we'll have more answers. I'm sure we'll have more questions uh, than answers as as the closer we get.
3: Can I ask Jack just two very quick questions? Uh, It's very important to me because he's from Manchester. He needs to answer these questions. Uh, Oasis or Stone Roses, Jack? Please, first of all.
2: Oh, um, Stone Roses, good man. Tell us why. Um, so that one album. Everyone will always like say the second album. Oh, enjoyed it listen to that second album it's got like a couple good songs be honest with yourself here. Breaking it, that, that first album is just perfect mm-hmm. and like like you know you know why it's stone Roses, is not oasis you know mm-hmm. why because if there's not one there's not the other it's you know it's like the cover band in it i love noel gallagher and liam but like let's be honest when one guy walks on stage you go John Lennon, <laughs> Ian Brown. John Lennon, Ian Brown. Oh, it's Liam. It's Liam.
3: It's Liam. <laughs> yeah, that's a great answer, Jack. Second one, you know at our City.
2: Uh, so this one will surprise you. I'm the only Englishman who doesn't really follow football.
3: Oh, interesting. Even more interesting.
2: But my uh, family, even though I don't follow football, is City. And has always been City, even before they were good. I grew up in City, we were a rubbish football team. If <laughs> I was growing up in City, we were a good football team, maybe I would have gotten into it. But they were rubbish growing up.
3: That's mad. Oh, I actually went to see the Stone Roses in City's home ground, which is uh, an interesting oh, way to that up. Yeah, unbelievable. But uh, yeah, I needed to ask you that. When I only thought about what you were what there. I was like, I better say this before I forget. Sorry, all
1: <laughs> sports fans. I think A.K. Al, Al, Leon say when he he posted in the in our in our private chat goes this chat has gone very European, down straight. <laughs> Here we go.
3: <laughs> well, actually, them. I
1: I interviewed Darren Till, uh before his Tyron Woodley fight, and I asked him that man, uh, city or like Manchester City, Manchester United. And he goes, I don't even watch football, man. So you're not alone. <laughs> he's feel you a fan now. Oh, no. good. There we go. So they
3: gave him a free jersey, <laughs> and he's just he's a football fan now.
0: <laughs> Wait, so. Us in America, I we assume everyone just loves, you know, football in the UK and Ireland. What, do you guys just – but over there, do you assume like we're all watching like like um, American football every weekend? Like we're all about the Super Bowl? Is
2: that the, the assumption? Yes. Yeah. Based on the people I hang around, you are. <laughs> yeah, even you, guys, even you guys are watching football at the last event I was with you guys. What yeah. you about? E- Everyone does casually in this. That's the thing. Everyone counts it. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm not really watching football. I'm just – Doing this app that requires me knowing the name of every single player and every single team and making the stats work in my favour. And I only sort of follow the games for all the players. Oh my God. You guys all watch football. Don't try and get around it.
3: I think Casey thinks if he doesn't paint himself the color of his home team he's not watching. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're all in or nothing. No half measures. You know, you go to <laughs> I'm not a big fan.
1: <laughs> I'm not a big fan. My body is just painted. Yeah. <laughs> check,
0: out this, check out this tattoo.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to do that, though. I'm jealous of uh, how long their sports are. Do you know what I mean, Jack? Like I mean, we've little we kind of have shorter sports whereas yeah. they feel like I mean, the amount of drinking that can be done American sport is is pretty biblical
2: I've contemplated getting into cricket for the sole reason that I needed a good excuse to just sit around and drink with my wife more I I completely understand I have no interest in cricket but I I saw the same thing like a lot of time wasted just sat around drinking in that game that sounds serious
3: session serious session and I mean who cares it's cricket let's just get drunk you know what I mean I think we should get into cricket Jack (laughs)
2: <laughs> me and me together. All right. Cr- cr- the, cr- cricket talk. Start with Jack and cr- Pete Cricket Talk. over to Cricket Island where we fly in all in the greatest <laughs> cricket players. And our, our medical mercenaries, of course, in case someone gets a splinter. But look at our wicket shaped mountains. Thank you.
0: You know, I, I, I do watch I do like watching cricket highlights of when the guys they swing and they and the but the ball just winds up hitting him right in the nuts.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's so
0: funny every time i like just <laughs> i mean that's why i watch May too for the net shots, but i also watch cricket for guys well, i've, I've and tried to
1: watch cricket i tried to watch cricket with someone who follows cricket religiously twice and he was saying there's still there's two different types of cricket like oh, yeah. one game like oh, yeah. one specific type of cricket that. could last like a week and the oh, other yeah, one lasts I mean, like a
3: couple hours it's test, isn't it is that what it's called is that the difference it's test cricket in 2020 is it jack um, we need to get into it we haven't got into it yeah we need to get into
2: it I, I saw I saw a thing on the fast version of cricket that's mostly played in India from what I understand yeah, it's a better I think that's TV the biggest sport, game yeah. in India right now yeah cool. that sounds amazing Yeah, I someone forgot.
1: in the comments section said cricket is better than MMA
2: <laughs> <laughs> tune into our new show next Wait, week we don't know talk. yet we don't know we can't say definitively We are not We've wrong. watched enough not wrong.
1: <laughs> cricket right. talk more off. questions, Casey. Thank you, Sean, for the <laughs> weekly <Sean> question. you, Sean,
3: Danny. <coughs> uh,
0: you know what? This is a question I feel we need to answer. So um, for
1: us media members. Should the media boycott UFC 249 from Sh- Simon Maguire? Interesting question. Pizzi, if you could cover a fight on Fight Island or the one at in Fresno, California, would you? Well, like, I'm going to be covering it.
3: Like, I mean, I don't th- – like, A lot of people are are coming in heavy on the MMA media for us criticizing the fact that this is going forward at all. Um, And I've seen this a lot, even from fighters. Like, I mean, who is your manager if you don't understand what the MMA media is? Like, I mean, that's seriously, like if your manager hasn't explained this to you at this stage, you need to really consider who you're with. Our job is to discuss the news, the developments, and to keep people informed. So if you're going to talk about this absolute freak of nature event happening on an island, and think we're just going to stop doing our job for today. You are mental. You have no idea what our job is. We're, no, we shouldn't. We shouldn't boycott this. We need to cover it. It's it's the biggest news in all of sports. Uh, whether we agree or disagree with it is not important. Our job is to cover the developments of the sport. And fighters should know this. Media members should know this. And um, and I know so. I know Simon Maguire is only asking us this as a a conversational topic. He's he's a, a media member himself, but. Uh, yeah, it's just what this highlighting to me more than anything. All this MMA media, blah, blah blah, is people don't have a fucking clue what we're meant to be doing. am um, of course, we're gonna cover it. It's it's the biggest story in the sport this year. Maybe could be of the last decade, depending on what happens.
1: Yeah, there's no possible way that we would. Yeah, that. I, yeah. Like I mean, our I, job <laughs> is to provide the news for the viewers.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um. Go ahead, Chase. Yeah. Like so, I live about. I'm, um. Tachi Palace is about actually halfway in between. Uh, it's about a three-hour drive from here, too. And, um, yeah, um, if the UFC credentials us to cover the event, me and Esther, um, our photographer, we do plan on going and driving up there. And, of course, going because we're news. We want to cover what, the U- what UFC safety precautions. I want to talk to the doctors. I want to talk to the people setting up the cage. I want to see if the testing is actually done. I want to see who's doing the testing. That's what we're there for. And myself, I will of course be wearing a mask, gloves. Um, Esther, if she's allowed to do cage side photography, we've already talked about it. She'll be wearing a mask, wearing goggles, because of the sweat and everything. It means it's, it's, it's not, it's not the smartest thing to do, but it's, nope. it's what we do. It's our jobs, and um, I mean that's that's what we kind of signed up for, and we're taking every safety precaution that we can take. So, and and this is no different from anyone that has to work at a grocery store delivery driver. Mm -hmm. They're taking the same exact risk. So, um, now one thing I wasn't sure of is if we're even going to be allowed to by the state, I'm sorry, by the state, because of whole is this considered an essential job? But I think media Mm -hmm. is considered essential right now because of news crews and like they cover, they're still covering things. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident we'll be allowed to go by uh, the state's regulations. But uh, no, yeah, even though um, my personal feelings, um, I'm not in favor of 249 happening, but as a media member and journalist, yes, we will be covering it.
3: I think that's what the people are finding the hardest to to resolve, right, is the fact that you don't agree with the event going ahead, but you're going to be covering it. I I don't, like, I, I feel like they feel like they can't coexist in any way, shape or form. You know, I think that's where. People are seeing the problem, but they, they just don't understand what the job is, I guess. Uh, it's actually, that's one of the triggers for my rage during this isolation, to be honest. So <laughs> keep on hitting me with the MMA media bullshit. So I'm going, ah,
1: every morning. <laughs> it's like all of these questions that we we keep saying, like, there's so many questions we need answers to. And, like, we can go find these questions. We can go find the answers if we go. And we can provide guys like like Jack, who is in quarantine and is clearly a big MMA fan. I'm sure Ooh. he has questions, too. How do you think we're going to
2: get the answers is to go and find them. Mm. I'm uh, sure, also, like, also, Jack. i will sorry to interrupt, but isn't it isn't it strange to ask the media to boycott this under ethical grounds? Like, isn't not it isn't it the consumer who's the one who should make the ethical judgment on the product? Well, see, yes, see, yeah. Zach, here's where
1: – I say this every week. Here's the problem with that. You're making sense. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, sorry. Sorry, I'm new here.
1: <laughs> I just, no, but I, I will say that about, like,
3: all of you, like all of the WWE people we've interacted with, they have a much better understanding of what the media is. I, I really feel that. Like, I mean, you guys seem to use – every opportunity you just have in front of a camera so well. You understand what's going on. You understand that these people want to – get a story from the situation, you always give them something. Like, even at the start of the show, you gave us some fantastic stories about your MMA career. Like, you understand the the situation. I feel like there's so many fighters we go to and they're like, why aren't you pulling a magical story from me? You know what I mean? It's like, it's just, um, I don't know. I'm pretty angry, though, at the moment, so we should probably uh, move on to something else. (laughs) Uh,
1: Any other questions, Casey, from Uh. the fans?
0: any good one do that was a good one though that yeah. was that was a... i felt i felt it needed to be answered um it did you know what i
1: think we're out are we got all the good ones done that's um well so we are out of questions uh jack it was phenomenal to have you on we'd love to have you on in the future i think our audience this going through the youtube comments are pretty blown away not just about your anime experience but how far back your MMA knowledge goes. So, But as always, all of our guests on the show get to plug, talk, say whatever they want. So the floor is yours. I think you've done a promo once or twice in your life. So the floor is yours.
2: Oh, now, yeah, I get to talk about myself, my favorite thing. Um, yeah, if you if you like hearing me rambling, you like sarcastic jokes, please follow me on Twitter at, at GentlemanJackG. I'm sure it's, yeah, it's, it's here. It's- yeah, it'll be here yeah there we go go. it says superstar that's wonderful um yeah (laughs) it should be up now i'm also on instagram at mr gentleman jack you can catch me every single week on 205 live if you do not have the wwe network it is every week on hulu as well so if you have hulu you can watch 205 live there. uh otherwise watch raw watch smackdown uh like subscribe I don't know. Buy my merchandise. Actually buy my merchandise. Just do that. <laughs> Just buy my merchandise. You're gonna have to watch the wrestling.
3: Merchandise. I'm Daphne <laughs> boy I'm merchandise.
1: <laughs> before we let you go, Jack, because I don't know if we'll talk to you before the fight starts. Who do you like between Justin Gagey and Tony Ferguson?
2: So it's a really right, so one thing. I don't like making predictions, sure. Because obviously, I mean, everyone says I don't like making predictions, but I have a good reason why I don't like making predictions. One of the very few times I thought, you know what, I don't think people are giving this guy enough credit. I said, you know what, I think Ben Askren's going to win this fight. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I tweeted it. I said, my wife's my, my wife's picking Jorge Masvidal, but I think Ben Askren's got this. I don't think people are giving him enough credit. You know, like I don't think they understood what he was like in like ONE FC. And then I was like, oh, God, I'm never making a public prediction again. So that is the reason I don't like making picks. But I will say it's it's a really weird thing to kind of pick it now, because like we said before, there's training camps kind of involved. And yeah. you, no matter who wins, there's always going to be the question of, was were both of the guys at their best? You know, were they truly at their best? Because you could say Tony's already been preparing for Khabib, but... That means he's been preparing for Khabib, so he doesn't have these like specific game plan for Justin that he can train with his training partners potentially. And then obviously Justin's a madman, so he'll just come in and do whatever. I I think I I would just say I think however the first round plays out is how the fight will just continue because Justin Gaethje since like coming back it's all been first round first round first round. But if you really look at like Ferguson, even the doctor stoppages, it's like second round, third round, fourth. He has a couple first round like submissions when people get too eager. I think he's got a couple first round knockouts. But like a lot of the stoppages come in three, three and four, two, three and four. Um, So I think if Gaethje, like the new Gaethje, the one that sticks back, isn't afraid to get like stuck in, but he's just looking for the overhand and welling in those leg kicks is kind of the, the thing to mask it. If he can kind of play a distance game with Tony well, I think he can keep that up for a whole game, for a whole five rounds potentially and win or catch him and win. But if he gets drawn into the brawl and it's just in Gaethje, so he's going to get hit. <laughs> ah, you know, like there's a very good chance that this will just devolve into a brawl. And I think that favors Tony Ferguson way more. So that's my non answer answer. No, it makes sense. It- it's – you – what
1: the, – the non-prediction you've given was far more intelligent than the predictions of, oh, Gaethje is going to get <laughs> slapped that we see in the comment section. So thank you for an actual answer. Uh, you mentioned it yourself. Like you – I don't know if you've seen that, that meme. Someone made of every single opponent that Tony Ferguson has beaten on this long fight. run. Yeah. Their face is just carved up like you – like Anthony Pettis had the towel thrown in. Like Donald Cerrone, his eye blew
2: up. So people don't even look the same. The the thing is, as well, Ferguson has more wins than Gaethje has fights. Like Ferguson's on like twenty-five wins, and Gaethje's on thirty. Like twenty, sorry, twenty-five wins, and Gaethje's on twenty-three fights. I think, and between them, there's seven decisions at most. That's I wish
1: this fight was happening with full camps. Like also to put it in perspective, Jack. I don't know if you know, the last time Tony Ferguson lost. Ronda Rousey wasn't even in the UFC. Women weren't allowed to fight before the last time, uh, in the UFC the last time uh, Tony Ferguson took fall. But we've gone a little over time. Uh, thank you so much, Jack. We'd love to have you on in the future. Uh, we're going to have a lot more shows down the road, more quarantine time. I'm sure we're going to have a lot more conversations uh, to fill time to, for our lovely audiences. But for Pizzi, that's everyone's favorite. Mustachioed hipster. I don't know where you cream. my screen. Casey, and of course, WWE and 205 Live Superstar, Jack Gallagher. Oh, and PZ, of course, has to carry his crystals. Uh, I'm Jose. This is going to be up on Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, everything, Uh, but we'll see you on Fridays. We're out. Ma.
0: You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.